You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Hey, Giants fans, welcome to another edition to Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, along with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. And Carl, this Sunday, the season gets underway. Obviously, a lot of excitement about this football team. Um, How fired up did you get? as a player when the regular season was starting? I mean, that's really what you you point your your arrow to from the, the end of the last season to the beginning of off-season OTAs. You're looking forward to week one. That's the one. That's what you target. Um, when the schedule comes out, you know who you're playing against, and everything you do leads up to that matchup uh, of, of Sunday. All right, so uh, all these reports that are coming out and sort of the feeling is uh, Saquon Barkley is going to be a full go. Kenny Galladay is going to be a full go for the Giants. Looks like Kadarius Toney is going to have a role. And obviously the last couple of weeks, Kyle Rudolph has practiced. He's looked good. He's gotten more integrated into what they're doing. That's a big sigh of relief for all these Giants fans and obviously the organization going into this game. Well, you want to have as many healthy guys as possible, Bob. And, you know, when when you say full goal for a guy like Saquon Barkley, and then I read a report where they said he could be on a pitch count, I think the game dictates um, what the pitch count is. But if we are to take any any cues from what we saw on Thursday night, it wasn't that Zeke Elliott wasn't that good or he didn't have a great camp. Their decision was to get the ball out of their quarterback's hands and just move the chains. And they knew that they're basically wasting a down against the Tampa uh, front four because they just don't allow rushers. So they're like, okay, we'll use them in some capacity, but this is our game plan. So we'll see what the game plan. I say that to say we'll see what the game plan is of Jason Garrett. Um, Denver is a team that did not fare well against the run last year, and it will help this offensive line uh, in terms of pass protection against their two edge rushers if they can run the football. So uh, I think the game will dictate um, how much you see uh, Saquon Barkley. And Carl, the other thing too um, about the run game is the short passing game has evolved over the last, 25 years or so where that's actually now part of the running game well it is it's an extended formation yeah it's an extended handoff bob let's just be honest like if you if if you get a back in the flat or a swing pass or a little two yard pass to a back a check down that's a run that's you know you count those five six seven yards every time on first down and you just line up and say okay we got what we wanted and we didn't have to um, we didn't have to to run the football. And everyone, you know, you got to remind people too. Barkley had 91 catches his rookie year. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's a threat coming out of the backfield. Um, uh, you know, you take a look at this whole scenario with this Giants team. There's so many question marks. Uh, but one thing that we kind of chopped it up with last week on this podcast, and we proved to be very prophetic. Uh, before the final depth chart was released, we had Nate Solder as the starting right tackle. And that's what showed up so far on the starting depth chart. And I, I think that's, 
you know, uh, you know, that's the wise move. That's the smart play. Well, it stabilizes a lot. You know what Nate Solder is. There are really not a lot of unknowns with him. So you can rely on whatever he is. You can rely on him giving you that. Um, and you didn't want to have five inexperienced offensive linemen out there because if one struggles, it's like it's like putting your finger in a dike where in the dike where it's you got plug one leak and another one shows up. You know that Nate Solder can be a guy that um, stabilizes the line. He understands. He sees things. And when you got uh, Von Miller out there, in in you want to have a guy that at least has some experience going against him. You know, when I was talking with Joe Judge this week, and, and you and I were uh, were interviewing him for our Giants TV shows, um, he was gushing about Vic Fangio and obviously what Fangio does defensively and the fact that Fangio has a proven track record, you know, as a defensive coach in the National Football League for a long time says he's one of the best defensive minds on the planet so also in preparation for our giants tv shows um you watch a lot of coaches tape mm -hmm. so what are some of the things that you saw on the coaches tape about the denver broncos defensively that kind of really caught your eye well the thing that jumps out at you right away is the aggressiveness of their back end I mean, they're, when you look at their turnover numbers and the interception numbers of their safeties, it's, it's something special. So they, they are a very aggressive team, you know, from front to back, or I'll say from back to front, because they get after, they get after you in the past game. They have great edge rushers, but their, their aggressiveness in their defensive backfield is something that, uh, that really stood out right away. Yeah, I mean, if you take uh, Jackson, Simmons, and Fuller, and you combine their career interceptions between the three of them, they're 54 picks. Jackson's got 19, Fuller's got 19, and uh, Simmons has got 16. And they got a bunch of pick sixes, yeah. too. I mean, so it's – and then they add Sertan to the mix. Now, I know – listen, I know Giants fans – the name Patrick Sertan is going to be something that's always going to get under your skin because <laughs> nobody thought the Broncos were taking Sertan with that pick at nine. That's the guy the Cowboys wanted, which led to the whole chain of events of the Giants not having a shot at Devontae Smith out of Alabama. But they got Sertan in there, too. And this is a guy that, you know, his dad was a heck of a player. And, and this kid is really a good-looking player. Yeah, good-looking player, well-coached. He came in with an NFL skill set. Um, and again, Fangio will know how to use those guys. And this is where we talk about the decision-making of the quarterback, right? It's important. This is a game where he has to be uh, very, very sure of himself. He can't make, he can't take risk. Um, he has to execute the game plan given to him, go through the reads, because this is, again, this is a group, they are ball hawks and they get after it. So, um, he's got to, he's got to know where he wants to go with the football. He's got to know why things are designed the way they are and execute. The giants have enough weapons on the outside and on the inside of their offense to cause problems, but it comes down to execution. And it sounds simple because every team and every coach said we have to execute, 
But execution takes on a different level when you have an aggressive defense, because if you can execute well, you have big plays. If you can hold the block well, you have big runs. But if you're indecisive in what you do, it leads to mistakes. You know, one of the things that you and I talked about that really had you fired up was watching Vaughn Miller, who missed all of last season, you know, watching him on tape. And, I mean, you played with one of the greatest players in the history of the National Football League. Forget about a position group. When you start stacking greatest NFL players of all time, Lawrence Taylor is in that conversation. Um, and nobody got around the edge like LT, but there are some things about Von Miller that had you kind of gushing. Why don't you share with our Believe in Giants audience what you saw? No, he just makes it look so effortless, Bob. I mean, his pass rush, he gets he gets a corner and it looks like he's just gliding, or you know, his ability to bend and bend underneath a stab. And I mean, he's literally two or three inches off the ground and still on his feet pursuing a quarterback. Uh, he's just, he's just an incredible um, specimen as a pass rusher. And you can't teach that, right? No, I mean, that's no, those things you, you can look at it on film. And there were times where I would look at stuff that Lawrence Taylor did. And to this day, I still tease uh, Patriots, great linebacker, um, Andre Tippett, who I literally watched him flip a guy right at the line of scrimmage, just top, top of the guy head over heels. And I'm looking at it, looking at it, and I'm asking him, how did you do that? Like, it's just stuff you can't teach. It's just these guys just have a special knack. And sometimes they don't even know how they do it, right? No, they don't. They just, it just happens, you know? What did you do? I don't know. I just sacked the quarterback. They just, they do what they felt. Let's go to the other side of the ball. We talked a little bit about, um, you know, Saquon coming back for the Giants against the Broncos. What about, um, you know, what what the Giants on the defensive side of the ball have to contend with? Because I know there's some things. Look, we're both familiar with Pat Shermer. He was the head coach of the Giants. And despite some of the Giants' limitations and injuries that they had, uh, including the year that Odell got hurt, uh, I mean, in the first year that Shermer was there, Daniel Jones put up, uh, the Giants put up some numbers. I mean, Daniel Jones had 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions his rookie season in 12 games. And they did a lot of it without Odell Beckham Jr. And they did it with Saquon Barkley, not even close to 100% because he was dealing with ankle injuries that year. Yeah, so um, with Pat Shermer in you know, no one will ever say he he's not a, a gifted play caller and he knows how to put his quarterbacks in positions to have success, which in that being said, he may not be the most aggressive, but he's not the most conservative either. He's a very well-timed co um, coordinator or caller of plays, meaning he'll dink you and dunk you to sleep. And the next thing you know, you've made a mistake on defense and given up a big play. So when you have a, a, a Teddy Bridgewater who is capable of going down the field, but he's risk adverse, he fits well within what Pat Shermer wants to do because he's going to give a defense a lot to think about. And right when you think uh, you've got it figured out, they're going to they're going to take a shot at a big play. So for a giant defense versus this this team, this Denver Bronco offense. 
they've got to be number one, they've got to be good at the line of scrimmage versus the run and versus the pass. If they can control the line of scrimmage, they'll have success. If it's, you know, kind of a slow start for the Giants defense, and this is something that I've I've, I've noticed as a pattern with um, this giant defense under Patrick Graham, it's almost bend but don't break early in the game. And then they, they kind of, you know, bow up at, at the red zone, but teams can have some success early in, in the series, especially early in the game, because I don't know if it's a feeling out process uh, that Graham has with, with his team, but they don't seem to catch their footing until a team has moved the ball 20, 30 yards on them. And then all of a sudden the, the play calling gets aggressive and I had a conversation, you know, with him and I said, do you have anything that you can call to set the tone, to set the tempo of the, of the a game for your defense? And he's, you know, it's so interesting. And he and I, um, we talk a lot, but we, we, think in the same terms of always analyzing. Now, obviously I don't play anymore, but I see, I see the game like they do because I was raised in that system. And as soon as I said something to him, he says, you know what? I was thinking the same thing. I got to find something that gets my defense playing faster and to set a tone because it's almost, he said, he says, almost like, you know, teams will start hitting some plays. And by the time we get our footing, it's the red zone, which could cost us three points. So for them, it's got to be set up front. It's got, you've got to set the tone at the line of scrimmage and do something that will you either create a negative play or, or, or a minimal play and not give up, you know, a first and second down 10, 12 yards. And the next thing you know, the team's at midfield and you're trying to figure out how to get them stopped. So um, they have to control the line of scrimmage. Just yeah, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it feels like their opening drive on defense three and out percentage was not very good. I mean, um, and, and the problem that you have with this is you have uncertainty on the offensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. There are a lot more, put it this way, there's a lot more question marks on the offensive side of the ball with the Giants than there are on the defensive side of the ball with regards to health, availability, you know, how full speed some of these guys can go, plus the mm -hmm. offensive line, plus the decision-making of the quarterback. So, you know, if you don't fast start, start fast defensively, and even – even if the, the Broncos, as an example, get the ball into giant territory and then they finally stiffen and they don't give up points, but now there's a good chance that your offense with these question marks is starting their first drive of the game at the 12-yard line after yeah. a punt. And now you're playing defensively and Jason Garrett's got to call the game a little bit differently at that point. So, you know, I think for this team, you know, getting a three and out, a negative play, forcing a punt, you know, and starting your first possession of the season or the first possession of a game somewhere around the 38-yard line uh, could go a long way, too, in helping this team get into a flow offensively. Yeah, that's called complementary football. That's what, that's what they have to be. Um, you have to assume that your offense will need as much help as possible, meaning in terms of field position, to get their, their, to get their play calls the right way. So 
Um, yeah, they they have to they have to start fast. How excited are you? I, I, I'm I'm all fired up about this. I'm excited to see Kadarius Tony on the field. Now there was a, a couple of times early in camp uh, where you saw him out there running around. And then earlier this week and you watch him out there and it's, it's like a blur. Yeah. And you just, but you haven't really seen him. We didn't see him in the joint practices against other teams. We haven't seen right. him regularly. I, I'm dying to see what it looks like in game. We all are. I mean, he can be exciting. Uh, we haven't seen enough to know what he is. We, we, we know what we think he is. We know why the Giants drafted him, but it's, you know, ultimately up to the player. And I always draw the analogy of the, the slow start that um, Odell Beckham had uh, as a rookie. And then when he finally took the field, you kind of got a glimpse at exactly uh, why the Giants selected a guy like him because he was just so explosive and so dynamic. Um, so that is the hope when you're a Giant fan and you're Giants coaches too, honestly, is that you <laughs> you expect and, and hope this kid can really light it up. I highly doubt they'll use him, even though that's an area of expertise for him, but I highly doubt they'll use him in the return game just because he hasn't done it in a preseason game and really even not that much in practice. He hasn't right. had a bunch of reps and obviously ball security is the most important thing. So you'll, you'll have your solid guys back there. Um, how do you see them using them, Carl? Or is it, I mean, do you got to go, if you're the Broncos, if you're Fangio and the defensive staff for the Broncos, what are you going to look back at his stuff at Florida and say, okay, well, maybe the giants have integrated some of this into their packages when this kid's on the field? Well, if you're, if you're studying uh, and preparing for something that could happen with, um, with Tony, I would say you have to look at Jason Garrett's offense. A lot of, lot of ghost screens, a lot of reverses, a lot of jet sweeps. You know, he did a lot of that with Cole Beasley. Um, that's a way to get a guy in space early and not have to worry about whether he's going to run the right route, things of that nature. So I think it's going to be quick stuff, get him in the space, um, maybe some slants or things like that. I think that's really how you'll see him used early on. Heck, I mean, if you think about Jason Garrett offensively, Evan Ingram had a rushing touchdown last year. Yeah. Sterling Shepard had a rushing touchdown last year. So they ain't afraid to give the ball uh, to the receivers or even the tight ends. Mm -hmm. What about the running? What, what, how do you think they're going to play it as far as Daniel Jones is concerned, as far as called runs? Do you think that's, you think that's going to be part of the game plan or, or a heavy load of it? It has to be. That's part of his skill set. I mean, um, he's not your traditional court. He's, he's, he's not he's, Eli. No, he's, he's not your traditional pocket passer. He's more of a traditional modern day NFL quarterback. If you've got the ability to run the football, they're going to use that ability. I mean, because it gives you a true 11 on 11 advantage. Do you have a feel for this team? No, I mean, I even. Even Joe Judd said he he we're gonna we're gonna find out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean you don't you don't have a feel. You have a feel for what they look like, um, and then you have your you have your reservations. Like okay, well, 
Should they have played more in the preseason? Should they not have played more in the preseason? Can they fix the things that we saw? And yeah, I mean, once you start game planning, you can cover a lot of things. And here's the other uh, piece of it. No team has a perfect roster. Every team has some faults. And most of those teams, it's in their offensive line. There's somewhere in that offensive line, there's some, there's some vulnerabilities. And then when you saw on Thursday night, um, as good as Tampa was up front, they weren't very good in the back end. They gave up plays because they're a very aggressive team, but that's who they, they that's who they've always been. So, you know, Dallas's game plan was to play to their strengths and to the weaknesses of, of, um, of Tampa. And they had some success with it. So, you know, it's just a matter of game planning, Bob. All right. So I mentioned Tony, I can't wait to see him play. I think, I think Ingram's going to have a good year. He's not playing this week. But I think Ingram is going to have a pretty good year. I think Kyle Rudolph just being there is going to help and take a little pressure off him, and especially if Barkley can stay healthy. But one of the guys I'm looking forward to having more of an impact this year because his rookie year got messed up by a foot injury. But I, I'm really excited to see Xavier McKinney, you know, having gotten reps in the preseason, having played in the preseason, uh, you know, getting a lot of snaps during camp. I'm really fired up to see how good he could be. Yeah, I mean, you both. A, is it, who would you who do you got a guy? Listen, I want to see the continuation of Carter. I think um, Lorenzo Carter is the guy that, um, for me, is going to be a change agent on in their pass rush. And um, yeah, and Xavier McKinney, I think, is the guy too. He's he's a guy who just looks looks like a football player he looks the part like and when i say he looks the part when he's all of his movements everything he does it just looks like he knows he's built for this game he knows this game it's not too big for him he just fits into whatever they're asking him to do isn't that really um I mean, you played it at a high level. Heck, the Pro Football Hall of Fame put you on the all-decade team of the 80s. Um, is that really one of the keys to being successful on this level is not having wasted movement? Yeah, it is. And you see a, a lot, guys. So if, if you take um, Xavier McKinney and you contrast that with um, Rodarius Williams, right? who's learning the position and he's getting better each and every game, right? The more he sees it, but then you take McKinney and it's almost like he's seen it all. He knows how to anticipate things. And he's literally in his real first mini and his real first training camp. So he's, they're both basically starting at the same time, but you could see the difference in skill set and, and, um, just the mental makeup of understanding the game, like the skill sets. And, and listen, Williams is going to be a good player because he's he's competitive and he gets it. He's a fast learner. This kid looks like he came from a system. We know he came from a system where you had to learn the process. You had to know the process of everything, how everything works. And you could tell he's very comfortable out there. You know, just kind of wrapping up. I really feel like the Giants are going to win the game. 
I mean, I listen, this is believe in giants podcast, mm-hmm. but I mean, we're, we're, be, we're honest here. Um, you know, the Broncos have been favored since, you know, the schedule came out. And I think a lot of that had to do with the uncertainty as to whether Saquon Barkley was going to even play. Mm-hmm. We've seen him out there moving around, uh, maybe a little consumer uncertainty as far as Daniel Jones is concerned. And, and let's face it, the giants have been awful at home since the start of the 2017 season. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think their record is nine and 23 in their last 32 home games. It's been horrific. Um, so I get all that, but uh, the other thing, and I know Von Miller's coming back, but it's his first game in over a year too. Yeah. Um, I just feel like this team um, is building in the right direction. And uh, I, I think Joe Judge knows that they got to start faster. I, I just feel like, I feel like this Giants team has an opportunity here. And, and especially when you look at their first three games, right? They're playing the Broncos. Let's not forget the Broncos were a five win team last year. Mm-hmm. It's not like they were 11 and five. They were five and 11. Now they have a little more stability at the quarterback position. Uh, and then you got Washington on a short week, which will be tough. But, you know, the Giants seem to own them, so to speak. <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones is 4-0 against Washington. And then you have a, a new regime Falcons team coming in. Do you expect the Giants to give their fans hope this week? I do. Um, but here's here's where I would here's where I would start and stop with the fans. I would say to this fan base, until you really get a feel for this team, lower your expectations and be pleasantly surprised. You really sound like Wellington Mara. No, you really do. <laughs> I, I mean, because they're so, the, the, the fan base is on so two different extremes. It's either a high or extremely low, and the highs go to extremely low every time something bad happens. And I'm just saying there's a, there's a lot here, Giants fans. There's, there's quite a bit here. But I'm going to say manage expectations by saying um, look to be pleasantly surprised. You know, you don't, you don't expect your team to be horrible, but expect them to, to play hard, to be improved. But let's just see where it takes you. You know, just manage your expectations is all I can say. Mr. Mara would say, uh, hope for the best, expect the worst. <laughs> I'm not telling the fans expect the worst. Uh, so. No, hope for the best. Yeah, but hope I wouldn't ex- I wouldn't I still wouldn't tell them to expect the worst because this is uh this is a much improved team. Yeah, I think they're gonna be uh I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna be good. I think they're gonna surprise people this year, but they gotta get off to a fast start. All right. We're out of time. Make sure you tell everybody out there, tell all your friends, this is where they need to subscribe. Believe in Giants. We'll drop another one uh, after the game next week and preview the Thursday night game. Uh, Carl, it's been a lot of fun chopping it up with you, and I'll see you in the broadcast booth. On As Sunday. always, looking forward to it. Tell all your friends, believe in Giants.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.